if you start going barefoot and you have what I refer to as a mixed foot, uh, an imbalance with your feet, well, you'll end up accelerating or speed up the process of getting injured fairly quickly. You're listening to the High Performance Health Podcast, helping you optimize your health, performance, and longevity. My name is Angela Foster, and I'm a former corporate lawyer and high performance health coach. Each week, I bring you cutting edge biohacks, inspiring insights, and high performance habits to unlock optimal health, performance, and longevity. So excited that you've chosen to join me today. Now let's dive in. Hi friends, in this week's podcast we're going to be talking all about posture and probably some of the things that you've never really thought much detail about how they affect your posture. One of the things you'll be hearing about is your feet and how being barefoot has such a profound impact. I know that when my kids were young I tried to keep them barefoot as long as possible um, before putting them kind of into training shoes and things like that because the proprioception makes such a difference but also makes a huge difference to us as adults and also how things like the position of our tongue affect our jaw line and our kind of neck and things like that. It's a really, really fascinating interview um, with my guest is Annette Verpilio, who is the founder of Posture Pro. She's a Canadian entrepreneur, therapist, and internationally recognized posture specialist who's known for her expertise in restoring the brain-body connection. She has a groundbreaking method called the Posture Pro Method, which she uses with athletes and professionals worldwide. And you can get online consults with Annette. You'll hear her taking me through a bit of positioning myself on this interview interview and I think it's really fascinating because you're going to find out a whole lot of information that if you're like me I definitely didn't know before listening to this so without further delay let me introduce you now to Annette Verpilo. So in today's podcast we're going to be talking about posture something actually that I haven't spoken about on the show before um, and also the interaction between posture and the brain Another thing you may not have considered yet, um, how our feet play a part of this and even things like our jaw and eyes is really fascinating. So firstly, I'm welcoming Annette Verpio to the show, um, who is a posture specialist and founder of Posture Pro. It's great to have you here, Annette. I'm excited for this. Hi, Angela. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Um Okay, you said something. We were just chatting offline and I had to stop you. And I was like, no, 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 we have to hit record. We have to record now uh, because you made a statement that I think is quite profound. Uh, I, on this show, we talk a lot about longevity and high performance and energy and health and vitality. And you said, I wrote this down, the way we fight gravity dictates our health and longevity. What do you mean by that? It's probably a good way to start well, um, we as as bipedal creatures, the the number one thing that we have to learn to master is is fighting gravity. Gravi- gravity is a driving force that is going to build our brains, but in essence, it could be it could have a negative impact on our health in the sense that if we're not fighting gravity optimally, we run into energy leaks. So, in other words, we end up wasting more energy standing upright. So we have a certain amount every one of us has a certain amount of energy allocated to us per day, every single day, based on our lifestyle and genetics and, and, you know, everything else that, that revolves around the realm of, of just global health. But if the one factor of fighting gravity is already off balance before we begin our day, then we just end up wearing ourselves out prematurely, our energy out prematurely. And if there's too much energy expenditure, we'll eventually run into inflammation. Inflammation will cause us to be in a state of chronic stress. And then we start to eventually start to slowly break down. This is not a process that happens 
in a second, but this is a process that can happen over time. And uh, we know that fighting gravity also affects blood pressure. As a matter of fact, blood pressure, according to some studies, can influence all-cause mortality anywhere between 20 to 25%. So uh, we know that with improper posture, there is a negative effect not only on our internal organs with the slouching type of posture, but also on the calf pump, which is basically the return of the blood to the heart. And uh, this can also occur just simply by posture. So standing upright and and fighting gravity. So um, for me, looking at someone's posture and their relationship to gravity gives us a lot of information in regards to their health and potentially what's going on in the nervous system as far as, as what we can do to intervene to help them fight gravity more efficiently. Interesting. As I'm standing here, I'm kind of thinking, you but you can only sort of see the top half of my body, but I guess I'm sort of thinking, I wonder what you're picking up. Like, what 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 are, what might I be doing now that I might be causing me to sort of deplete my energy, if you like, or restrict the way that blood flow is working? Well, there's there's ways to measure what we call the sagittal plane, which is basically the way that you stand from the side and how far away your head or your ears are in relation to your shoulders and pelvis and feet. And that line of gravity is constantly present. So if you have changes in the center of gravity, which can be measured at the level of L3, so in, in, in essence, the line of gravity should pass right through the center of the third lower uh, vertebrae, the L3. Um, then the way that the gravity will project on the ground and your foot posture and your overall stability will be affected because the angle of your sacrum will change. Uh, energy expenditure will happen with more glycogen being absorbed by your muscles, but in a negative fashion, in the sense that you are going to overexert your energy and eventually run into perhaps adrenal fatigue and, you know, any other type of diseases that may be linked to just mitochondrial fatigue. So I'm not saying that this will happen every single time, but what I'm saying is that there's a direct correlation with the sagittal plane. And the muscle function between the synergy between the flexors and the extensors, which are going to dictate your posture in the sagittal plane. And when we look at that, we can associate specific types of chronic ailments or pain in regards to that specific sagittal plane. So I'll give you an example, the famous anterior pelvic tilt or forward head posture has massive repercussions on L3. It actually projects your entire body weight, upper body weight forward, which affects your blood pressure. So there goes longevity, just that. In, but also, in, in, Can I ask, uh, blood pressure, is it affecting it, uh, raising blood pressure or lowering blood pressure? Oh, it's going to increase it. So okay. your heart will beat more throughout that day. Okay. So if we can decrease heart rates throughout the day, then we know that these are associated, can be associated in some cases with longevity. Uh, But you're also going to create mechanical concerns because your body weight is pushed forward, your toes will grip to kind of keep you focused or leveled with the horizon. Uh, The functioning of your knees and your hip will also be compromised, the mechanics of the knee and the hip. And that's going to affect your entire spine all the way up to your head. So we've created professions around every single one of those joints 
but no one is looking at the brain. No one is is challenging the way that one relates to gravity. Now, when we talk about gravity, the way that we are standing upright can be measured in oscillations. So the oscillations of a, of a muscle will be anywhere between eight to 20 hertz. And what it is, is that we're actually, if you're, you're standing up right now, you're actually oscillating. We're not seeing the oscillations. They're happening very, very quickly. Think of a light switch that you put on and off. If I do it slowly, we can see the light going on and off. But if I do it really, really quickly, it appears as though the light is constant. This is the same thing with movement. In Parkinson, that movement or that series starts to break down and you're able to see more saccadic movements because they are unable to control the movement through their brain. So when we talk about static posture, again, we can measure it from a force plate perspective, from a Hertz perspective, their postural oscillations that can be measured. And in essence, essence, to keep it simple, it's the synergy between your ability to inhibit flexion and activate extension. And that is in direct correlation with what I call the the postural blueprint, which involves your feet, your eyes, and your vestibular system, which is your inner ear. If there's an asynchronicity between those three sensory receptors, then you will have poor posture. And if you have a postural imbalance, you will eventually have pain. Mm. And it's really interesting when you're saying this, because when you're talking about that forward flexion, what I've noticed, and I had to work quite hard from when I had my days working as a corporate lawyer, is I would naturally bring my head forward a bit, right? And so when I was assessed, it was kind of like bringing that back. And they talk a lot in Pilates, don't they, about drawing your ears kind of in line and your shoulders back and down. But I still have pain there. And I actually ended up with two prolapse discs in in that area um, that have caused like a lot of stiffness. Are you saying that when you're talking about the feet and the jaw, like how might those things and the way I respond to gravity? So for someone listening who a lot of people, particularly like office workers, right, will experience a fair amount of neck pain. What is, and, and sometimes I think that's tension as well, right? We hold it maybe in certain places. What's contributing to that? Because the classic thing, as you say, is most people assume, well, I need to go and get a back and neck and shoulder massage, or I need to go and see my chiropractor and get some kind of adjustment. Um, what would you say that would be a way to to target that then? Yeah, so we, we first need to establish a baseline, hmm. a, a postural baseline. Um, most of the things that people describe in, in my practice are symptoms. So you just described one, neck pain hmm. or shoulder pain or you know thoracic pain in the shoulders. They're, they're all symptoms. What we need to start looking at is your baseline of how well are you fighting gravity? So before you move and without thinking about it, just standing naturally in an upright position, what does your head look like in relation to your shoulders, your glutes and your feet? Step one. Then we want to determine if we were to look at you from the front, are there any imbalances? Are there, is there, is there one shoulder that's lower or higher than the other? And the same goes for your hips. And then third, we want to determine if there's any rotation. So if I were to look at you from the top, do you have a shoulder that is more forward or a butt that is more posterior? Um, posture is unconscious. When someone says, I'm trying to adopt proper posture, it's the equivalent of someone saying, I will try to control how many times my stomach contracts in order for me to digest my food. 
we can accomplish or have an effect on blood pressure through meditation. Monks are able to achieve this, but this is a lifetime uh, investment. I think that for the most of us, most of us are not monks and are not meditating all day long, but posture is regulated in the same parts of the brain that control heart rate, respiration, and blood pressure, tonic posture. If you choose to move and contract your head and bring it back, we're talking about a different system. We're not talking about posture regulation, which, ha which happens in the primitive brain. So exercise does help activate certain brain areas that will have an effect on your back muscles like Pilates, like yoga, which will help you manage your stress. But if your baseline is unbalanced, if you have a foot imbalance, if you have an eye tracking issue and you're doing yoga and you're weight training and you're meditating, you're simply managing. You're not really addressing or fixing the imbalances at play. So that you need to find, we need to find a way in rehabilitation or in the 21st century or people need to be aware that their posture can be influencing the progress that they're looking to achieve. Mm. How would you then, um, obviously, you know, a lot of those things you've mentioned, I do. Um, how would someone then address this? If it's, if it's being done a kind of, on an unconscious level, uh, that posture, um, how would you correct it? Say, for example, I want to bring my head and shoulders back and I want to uh, have better posture and stand upright and release pain and things like that. Obviously, as you said, like it's not conscious because when you when you become conscious of it, it's, a, it's an unconscious pattern, right? And then you go, oh, like I've rounded my shoulders, I've done like this. And if you see someone then physically come back, they'll address it for a period of time, but also those small muscles, right, begin to ache and then they can't hold that for any length of time. So how would they address this from an unconscious perspective? So you have to change the way that they relate to gravity. Right. And how do you do that? You have to target the sensory system, which is going to be your feet. The foot um, encompasses the skin, the muscles and joints. So the first point of contact with the ground, the feet. At the same time, you have to train your eye muscles, which are going to give you balance within your body. And if the feet and eyes are optimized, you will immediately have an effect on your vestibular system. So the inner ear is the part of the brain that is kind of like the leveler of the head. And every single time you move your head or you're walking, you're jogging, the liquid in the inner ear, like the liquid in the bottle, will move either to the left or to the right. And if there's an imbalance in that system, which is stemming from poor foot posture or poor eye tracking, then your vestibular system which is, by the way, constantly, constantly sending information to your nervous system 24 hours a day, all day long, at every single point in time, your vestibular system will override any type of rehabilitation that you are currently doing. So how do you fix it? You have to stimulate feet, eyes, vestibular system for a minimum of 10,000 hours in order to create, that's the equivalent wow. of six weeks times uh, time-wise. In order oh, okay. to okay. in 10,000 hours, in order to create changes in the fascial system and in the muscular system. Right. Okay. And this is how you would be able to reverse a postural imbalance and create long-term changes in posture. And how would you do that for six weeks? 
Yeah. So we use, uh, so, so, so how do we stimulate the foot? I mean, you need to, you need to either have a therapist with you 24 hours a day that's stimulating the skin of your foot, which is not really realistic. Uh, eye exercises can be done uh, three times, uh, you know, and exercises anywhere between three to five times a day. And for the feet, we use therapeutic insoles. This is where we came up with previous studies that were published that talk about frequency in regards to the skin in general. And what the scientists wanted to determine is if, if certain types of frequencies were used in different areas of the foot, could they, could they decrease postural sways as opposed to increasing them? And it turns out that when you inhibit sensory sensation from the feet, you actually increase, going back to the beginning of our talk, you increase these postural oscillations. So I make you more, you'll become more unstable energy expenditure. But if we optimize, if we reduce, if we optimize the sensory input in the skin with a frequency, then we can reduce postural oscillations. And this is where the therapeutic insoles or how the therapeutic insoles were born. We use a 90 Hertz frequency which is the language of the nervous system. And we use this frequency at a specific area of your foot. It's not electromagnetic, it's not electric, it's a frequency. And we use that frequency to stimulate better balance with your muscles, which has a direct impact on your inner ear, which is your balance system of the nervous system. And then we are combine this with eye exercises. We are approaching the 300th episode on high performance health. I am so excited for this. It has been just amazing to think that I've done 300 episodes and I want to say a massive thank you to you the listeners because it wouldn't be possible without you and your support and I just love interviewing experts worldwide to bring them to you each and every week it's just so much fun so I want to say a massive thank you and to celebrate I've partnered with Lumen and we're going to be giving away a free Lumen device to one lucky listener if you haven't heard of Lumen yet it's a fantastic tool to help you develop what's known as metabolic flexibility a metabolic Flexibility is really your ability to burn fats and carbs on demand. It's fundamental to good health span and lifespan. And Lumen can help you do this. It has um, a way of you just measuring through a very simple 60 second measurement through your breath of understanding what, whether you're burning predominantly carbs or fats as a fuel and how you can powerfully shift between that. It gives you recommendations on what you should be eating, giving you boost days and days where you need to kind of lower your carbs. Super, super helpful. I've had so much fun with it myself and with my clients improving metabolic flexibility scores. And you're kind of competing with yourself, which is a really, really fun thing to do. And it kind of gamifies the whole process. So we are giving away with my friends at Lumen a free Lumen device. To be in it to win it, what do you need to do? All you need to do is if you're not already, like and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. When you do that review, take a screenshot and send it over to info at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. That's info at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. And then we are going to draw the prize and one lucky winner will be announced on this show and will win a free Lumen device. Good luck, everyone. Are there any side effects from using these when you say None. like it's balancing? Does anyone get dizzy with it or anything like that? Uh, we've we've rarely had any negative effects from wearing the therapeutic insoles. Um, I would have to say that maybe once since 2006, we've had someone maybe say to us that they feel um, 
slightly dizzy from it. But the way that I perceive that is if you take someone who's unfit from a from a neurological perspective and you have them become a little bit fitter, they might feel nausea at first, um, but then it, it quickly dissipates. So there are no side effects, uh, pregnant women, uh, Parkinson's disease, children. Uh, we're just basically improving the way that you're fighting gravity. And through... how do you how do you get these? Like, do you have to do an assessment or? Well, we've uh, w- through COVID, we've actually released our insoles to the public. Prior to that, they were only being sold privately to different healthcare pro- practitioners and for myself clinically. And uh, you can get them online now uh, on our website. And we've opened the market to to the public. Interesting. And do you take an assessment to decide what you might need? It's better to have an assessment, but the therapeutic insoles are usually uh, used for any partial issues and for any pain. So we have different models that we have on our online store for different budgets. Uh, But the ones that I've been working with strictly since 2006 are the therapeutic insoles. Interesting. I think it's something I should try for my neck pain. Uh, I I would want to say that the neck, they do have an effect on, on head posture and neck pain. But when we talk about neck pain specifically, I would be more inclined, for example, if you had a session with me or if you came or had an assessment, anything that is above the diaphragm can involve as a starting point, the eyes and the jaw. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Um, and so you'd need an assessment for that and you offer online assessments, presumably. I do. Yes. You do. Yeah. And, and in person. (laughs) <laughs> where's in person uh in person is uh uk france and uh california oh you do you come to the uk as well do you? i do interesting hmm. perhaps i need to really do like a part two we were talking weren't we about doing a live maybe we need to do that with a an in-person assessment that'd, that'd be, be great fun. yeah that would be quite fun to do um Okay. And what about when you, um, you flagged something there around blood pressure, which was quite interesting to me, because obviously we immediately jumped to like the, the longevity side and, you know, and the impact of having high blood pressure, but also some people will struggle with low blood pressure. And it's definitely something I experience a lot of. And particularly when I'm changing, you know, um, from like, if I'm working out in the gym, for example, and the kind of blood rushes to your head and things like that, but also sometimes I will just suffer with low blood pressure, which can actually make you feel quite dizzy. Does posture have an impact on lowering of blood pressure as well? So I've seen it on, so when we talk about low blood pressure, of course, you need to make sure that you check with your MD and have, you know, an assessment and make sure that everything's good on on that end. But if we talk about the sensory receptors and look at the connections between the eyes and the vagus nerve and um, your thyroid and the way that the hormones are being affected through posture, one would be inclined to think that there may be a relationship there. So if there's kind of like a vasovagal effect happening through uh, the lowering of blood pressure, that can definitely, it can stem from a partial imbalance. It could also stem from an imbalance with your eye muscles. And the first thing I would recommend is because the eyes are connected through the vagus, there is a connection in, in the brain without getting too technical that does have an effect on the parasympathetic system. And if that system is overactivated, overactivated, then you may just pass out. Um, If uh, from a partial standpoint, you are unable to, again, going back to the gravity, if the blood is unable to go back up to your heart, you may also 
pass out. And this has to do with the health of your uh, of your arteries and the veins and just the calf pump that is supposed to push that blood all the way back up to the um, to the heart. I mean, you hear a lot about this with blood pooling when people are sitting down for a long time, they kind of have their legs that starts to get numb. Uh, they don't have the proper, how can I say, um, if the muscles are, are, are weak in that sense, and the muscle, the calf pump is unable, the veins are unable to pump the blood back to the heart, then they may experience what you've just described. So, um, to measure it, you need to work with a with a doctor very closely. A, a cardiologist would be great, but there are definite links that could be made with either high blood pressure or low blood pressure simply from a partial standpoint. How oh, interesting. What are your thoughts around um, people that go out? Uh, and, I mean, footwear, for example, like companies that do more barefoot style shoes. Um, you know, there seems to be a kind of divide over whether these are really, really beneficial. I know that they use different muscles. Certainly if I put on a pair of barefoot trainers and go running, it stimulates much more calf muscle activation and things like that. I'm curious your thoughts on that. Yes. So anything that's going to promote the movement of the foot, I'm a big advocate of. However, uh, again, what people may not think about is the general baseline of your, of your foot posture. If you start going barefoot and you have what I refer to as a mixed foot, uh, an imbalance with your feet, well, you'll end up accelerating or speed up the process of getting injured fairly quickly. Uh, and this is when you'll hear a lot of people will say they've dropped to ground zero shoes and all of a sudden they have uh, plantar fasciitis or they have lower back pain that's immediately appeared. So um, I'd say, again, we want to make sure that the structure is perfectly aligned before doing anything. And then at that point, once that's taken care of, anything that you will do to improve proprioception will help you uh, towards a, um, a better lifestyle. But the idea really is prevention. What we want to do is that we want to educate the parents so that we can start right from the get-go uh, with the children as they are developing their nervous system and their posture up until the age of eight years old. This is where you'll have the greatest impact with posture development, but also with the jaw and just breathing through your nose and facial development and the entire brain. Because movement is what activates the brain. And ultimately, what happens is that as we grow, we learn to develop the part, a part of the brain called the frontal lobe, which is not electri electrically active, fully developed or mature, I should say, in a newborn or in a child before the age of eight years old. Mm. And what is going to stimulate that is movement. So there are specific stages that, that children need to go through. And I think that parents should be educated in regards to that. And shoes are, as we were discussing, are a huge part of that, especially when we start to take them into kindergarten and we put shoes on their feet. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's really interesting. I do think parents should be educated because I, I was aware, certainly, I think we were speaking offline that when mine were tiny, you know, I wanted them to be barefoot as much as they possibly could be, but I hadn't realized that it was having quite that impact until the age of eight, which is really, really interesting. Um, and it's, and it's funny actually, isn't it? Because if you look at, I always think when you look at a toddler, for example, and they do a squat, they will go into a perfect squat all the way down with a completely straight back and they can put their, you know, glutes right down onto their heels and rest. Uh, and inherently we know what to do. Um, 
one thing that's also interesting to me, I was looking um, some time ago at Dr. Kate Shanahan's written a lot around this and the structure of the jaw and how the nasal breathing affects the jaw structure and the link between we're seeing a lot of people now need to have braces. And it's even becoming even common that we're seeing adults having corrections with it. Um, and a lot of people aren't breathing through their nose. Can you explain like how nasal breathing and jaw alignment is such an integral and important part of this? Well, just like posture is important, um, the development of the jaw relies on the positioning of the tongue. So the starting point, if we're talking about the jaw, is tongue posture from birth. So how can we affect tongue posture from birth? It begins with breastfeeding as long as possible. And then with the introduction of hard food, hard food for the first three years of life, or I'd say the second and third year of life, certainly. This will force uh, the pressure with the teeth, the development of the jaw, tongue posture, all of that system. So swallowing, speaking, chewing, all of those uh, functions of the jaw will help shape the palate to accommodate the teeth. Mm -hmm. So if we have improper tongue thrust or tongue posture, if our swallowing pattern is not properly stimulated or developed from birth, we will end up having teeth issues dental occlusion, malocclusions, they are all revolved around a symptom, which is the tongue. Mm -hmm. Going back to parents, most parents are not aware of this. Uh, orthodontics 300 years ago, 200 years ago, even didn't exist. Yeah. Did not exist. And if we look at the skulls or the jaws of our ancestors, they all have their teeth. <laughs> they all have square jaws. Mm. And uh, they're all nose breather. Mm. So it begins with the tongue. So starting with the tongue with a toddler as early as possible, breastfeeding as much as we can, if possible, uh, trying to introduce a heart food as long as possible with children is what's going to ensure the proper development of the tongue. Now, the problem with the tongue is that it's going to create a problem with the teeth, which will then create a um, with the arch, which will create a problem with the teeth, which will create a problem with the joint, which will create a problem with the muscles of the jaw. So one problem has a cascading effect mm. on everything. And the everything that I'm speaking of, we've created professions for it. And neither mm. one of those, and the same goes for the body, and neither one of those professions are going back to the root cause. Mm. So in the example of the, of the jaw, the root cause if this is the tongue. In the example of pain, which by the way is a five, $500 billion expense per year, the cost of healthcare is just exploding. Um, I call it the unspoken blueprint of, of posture. No one is going back to the brain. We're assessing knee, hip, pain, but no one is looking at the way that someone is fighting gravity. Mm. So um, there are ways to help children promote. I've just posted a video certainly with a, with a newborn and toddlers and even adults. Mewing can help position the tongue on the palate, but just like the foot, it's just much more simpler and much more efficient to wear a device, if you're an adult, that is going to help you have proper tongue posture throughout the day. And ideally when you sleep, 
Well, this is the thing, right? Because you're particularly as a young child, I mean, you're spending a bigger, big proportion of your life asleep, right? And so whether you're nasally breathing and that position of the tongue is going to obviously influence how you're growing, right? And we know we produce a lot of growth hormone in sleep. I mean, I, you know, I can look at my children even now and they wake up and they go, I think I grew. <laughs> and it's like, you you did, That's like you really... visibly grew last night, right? It's really interesting. Um, and I just to kind of validate really from personal experience, what you're saying there, I had a situation with my middle child where he was really like struggling. He was mouth breathing and it always really concerned me. And it wasn't until we moved house that I realized that it was something in that house that was affecting his breathing mechanics um, because he, and it was a beginning, and this is really quite concerning to affect his growth because on the growth charts, he was reducing. So the the projected height, and you should be following obviously that line uh, was he was a tall boy, right? He was going to be on the 98th, 99th percentile and mm. he dropped into the mid 70s. And his jaw, we could see, I thought he's going to end up needing braces. Things were changing, even though we were giving him the diet that had things like the bone broth and the meats and all the collagen, everything that you would think would be doing right. And when we moved house, he suddenly then went through this period where he just slept and he was like, uh, and it was actually the beginning of COVID. And then he said, mommy, I can breathe. I can breathe through my nose, right? <laughs> and it was nothing short of transformational because he jumped back to where he should have been. He grew. His, uh, he has not needed braces, went <laughs> to the dentist, absolutely no need. His jaw corrected. And that is like the proof, right? I mean, it's, it's transformational what I saw just from that. Oh, it's massive. It's a, it's a true game changer. If you can help somebody breathe better, you're, mm. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of a given. You're, you're changing their lives. You're changing yeah. their lives. And of course, nutrition will affect this. Uh, different houses or, you know, um, for sure there's mold in houses or different um pathogens in, in the house that people don't think of, but you have to kind of, you know, um, figure out what is causing the child or the adult to breathe through their mouth. Mm. And if possible, try to intervene to change that so that you can give anyone the chance or at least the best chance as possible to, to breathe through uh, their nose. But if we go back to, you know, let's say there's no issues with the house and there's a proper diet, it's always, uh, it will always be at a benefit for any parent to ensure that the development of the tongue, the proper tongue posture, tongue on the palate is optimal in the early stages of life as much as possible. Um, now the tongue is controlled by, you know, the cranial nerve of the tongue is again in the brainstem in the same area that we're talking about with, with posture. And if there's an imbalance in muscle tension, you know, when you have one bicep that's stronger than the other, you may have the same thing going on in your tongue. Mm -hmm. And if the tongue hinders on one side, as opposed to the other, it's going to prevent the eruption of the back teeth right. on one side. So this is where, you know, when I look at jaws, I'll, I'll notice very often you'll see that just one side is completely worn out. So this could be, of course, chewing if somebody always chews on the left or on the right. Or teeth you'll grinding. Hear, well, teeth grinding is should not be through throughout the day. Uh, so that's a problem in itself, which we can talk about later if you'd like. But I'm talking about just a general eruption of the teeth. If the tongue is leaning on one side more, it's going to prevent the eruption of the teeth on that side. So if you have that imbalance, teeth are longer on the left, shorter on the right, it's going to affect the mechanics of your joint, mm, right? For sure, yeah, for and sure. And the jaw, the jaw connects to your posture through the hyoid bone, and that's going to affect your shoulder posture, and that's going to go all the way back down to your foot. Wow. 
It's amazing the way that's all connected. Yeah, it's so, amazing so, so it's the way cycle. that's all connected. So yeah, yeah. So when you understand this and you you look at someone's that's, that's coming into the office, I mean the the windows and the 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 conclusions that are just come, the things that are just coming at you, you're like, you have to address everything at once to create those, that those changes in, in the neuromuscular system in order to have long-term effects or postural effects. So should our tongue be when like, I'm thinking now as you're, (laughs) when you're speaking, I'm thinking about where my tongue is. I'm curious where it should be. Well, first of all, your teeth shouldn't be touching at all. My teeth are not touching. Yeah. So slight contact is considered grinding. The teeth should only touch 12 minutes per day for everyone. Okay. And they're not touching. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm uh, assessing here. Yeah, no, that's fine. And the tongue, the tongue should be just behind the front teeth without touching ah, it. Yeah, that's where it is. Is that because I'm breathing nasally when I'm not speaking? Because it's resting just above my front teeth. Yeah. Yeah, just above the front teeth and the soft palate, and it should mm-hmm. be flat on the palate. So most people will have a tendency to kind of point their tongue up and just like do it like, and I'm not saying that's what you're doing, but they kind of like, they're pointing up. Uh, the, the tongue should be completely flat. Ah, oh, no, I don't think mine is flush. You mean, are you yeah. saying it should be flush with the roof of your mouth? Should. Hmm. No. Just behind the front teeth. It's not teeth. completely flat. Oh, no, just behind, but not the whole tongue is not flush with the mouth because well, the I mean, mouth at sort some of point, curves at up. At some point, it will stop in the back of your throat, but most of the tongue should be in contact with your palate. Oh, yeah. No, mine is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you notice when you breathe nasally as well, right? Because the position of the tongue changes as soon as you mouth breathe. Yes. And if you have the proper height of the teeth, then if you have the proper height, which is called vertical posterior vertical dimension, you'll have the proper positioning of your joint, the temporal mandibular joints. So the meniscus that's in between that will move fluently and symmetrically on both sides. And if you have that proper height, your tongue will sit naturally on the palate without you having to think about it. Mm-hmm. But if you clench your teeth, if you wear out your teeth because you're stressed or whatever reason, if you have a malocclusion, if they're worn out asymmetrically on one side, it's always going to be challenging for you to keep, you'll, you'll have to consciously hold that tongue posture for the rest of your life or until you intervene. Right. Interesting. Right. Cause, cause teeth can't grow back once they're worn out, they're worn, you need the intervention of a dentist. But again, since we're talking about prevention, why not, why not start to implement the Im- implement these habits at the beginning of life? And it begins with the parents. It just begins with basic knowledge of how, the nervous system, what what one can do to optimize the development of the nervous system with their children. Mm. And I, I believe on a global scale, within 20 to 30 years, this will have massive re- repercussions on any society and on healthcare. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, on- it, it already is, right? Because we're already seeing just yes. how many people are in pain, how many people are having braces to correct their jaw. I mean, as you say, when you look back ancestrally, we we grew actually with very good structure. So it's not, it's kind exactly. of, it's hard to accept that we suddenly just can't have good facial structure. And it's, it's interesting because I think it was Dr. Shanahan who looked at the example of um, Kate Middleton having uh, very, very good teeth and jawline and structure. Uh, and that would be an example of someone. And like the way facial symmetry is, right, is also kind of important. And part of that, as you say, is nutrition. Um, part of it is breathing mechanics. Of course, of course. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Um, 
where can people find out more about your work? It's it's really fascinating and get support. I know you you post a lot of content. You're always sharing a lot of content. Can you share where people can find out more? So we're super active on Instagram and our handle is Posture Pro. So you'll be able to fa- find us across pretty much every single platform out there, <laughs> the popular ones, I guess, uh, under the handle Posture Pro. Awesome. And how often are you here in the UK? I'm here. Uh, I'm there now th- two to three times a year. I love the UK. Love you it, do? love it, love it. I do. Despite the, I'm looking outside of the rain right now. We've actually had that. some very I, nice I weather don't recently. Have but... any, I do not have any problem with the weather there. And it it beats the weather in Montreal by far. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what part of the UK do you come to? I'm usually in the Fulham area. Fulham. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. West London. Uh, Yes, uh, is where I, I you'll find me and hanging out. Uh, but I, I just absolutely love it. Awesome. We will link to everything in the show notes so people can connect with you, connect with your content. I love what you're doing. Uh, thanks so much for coming on and, and sharing all this. Just uh, you've opened my eyes to something new and I'm sure you have many of the listeners too. Well, thank you so much for, for giving me the opportunity to spread the awareness. It's been a pleasure. If you enjoy this podcast, visit femalebiohacker.com and be part of a special community of women looking to optimize their mind, body, and spirit. If you're tired of sifting through countless websites and books to find the answers to your questions about nutrition, fitness, hormones, mindset, spirituality, and biohacking, the search is over. I've done the research for you and every week we go live with in-depth masterclasses, Q&A calls and monthly challenges to help you transform your life. And when you join the collective, you'll have access to a wealth of information, including deep dive masterclasses and biohacking toolkits on our members' favorites like metabolic flexibility, gut health, stress and resiliency, and stepping into your most empowered self. Get access and be coached by me and my team and level up your health, career and life all for less than a dollar a day. Go to femalebiohacker.com or click the link below to get started and I'll see you on the inside.